0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode and season finale of Herb of the Week. I'm Jen and today we're going to talk about hibiscus. Yes, this is the end of season one. I'm about to start spending a ton of time in my garden, but don't worry, I'll be back in the fall when the work is done. Disclaimer, everything I suggest here is not a diagnosis or treatment of illness. If you have concerns about the herbs I mentioned today, talk to your practitioner first before you make any changes to your healthcare routine. So last week, I talked about the many benefits of eucalyptus to the three uh, body system categories. If you missed that episode, it's still available for you to go back and check it out. So let's talk about hibiscus. First, I'm going to describe to you what I like to refer to as the personality of the plant. Plants have individual characteristics, backgrounds, cultural uses, and histories. Consider this as an introduction to a new friend. Listeners, meet my friend, Bissy. (laughs) Hibiscus is a genus of flowering plants in the mallow family, Malvaceae. This genus is actually pretty huge comprising several hundred species throughout the world. Member species are known for their large, showy flowers. A lot of times uh, they're very disc-shaped, commonly known simply as hibiscus or less widely known as rose mallow. Other names include hardy hibiscus, rose of Sharon, and tropical hibiscus. There's both annual and perennial herbaceous plants in this genus, as well as woody shrubs and small trees. The generic name is derived from the Greek name, *ibiscos*, which Padanius Dioscorides, the Greek physician, pharmacologist, botanist, and author of the Materia Medica, um, gave, them, gave it that name. The common name, garden hibiscus, also known in some areas of the world, Rose Althea or Rose of Sharon. But it's not to be confused with the unrelated Hypericum calcinium, also called Rose of Sharon. It's tricky sometimes with common names, and that's why botanical Latin names are best when you're IDing a plant. In India, the plant is primarily cultivated for the production of bast fiber used in cordage made with the stem. The fiber may be used as a substitute for jute in making burlap. So a tea from hibiscus flowers is is known by many names around the world and is served both hot and cold. The beverage is known for its red color, tart flavor, and vitamin C content. Hibiscus, specifically Roselle, has been used in folk medicine for its antioxidant properties, and we'll get into that in just a minute. The red calyxes of the plant are increasingly exported to the United States and Europe. They're used as food colorings. It can be found in markets um, as flowers or syrup in places such as France where... There's uh, the Senegalese communities. The green leaves are used like a spicy version of spinach. Um, they give flavor to the Senegalese fish and rice dish, She Bougen. Hibiscus is used in many, many more countries all over the world in a variety of different dishes. There were so many dishes when I researched this herb. There was just way too many to list, and so many regions of the world. I mean, we're talking hundreds. Um, you may have even had an opportunity to try hibiscus in mes- Mexican restaurants here in the U.S. They often make a beverage known as Jamaica. It's spelled like Jamaica, but it's pronounced. Hameka, Hibiscus flowers are commonly found in commercial teas, especially teas advertised with berry flavoring because it gives a bright red color to the drink. So it's used almost everywhere and for good reason. Hibiscus is a good source of polyphenolic compounds, which leads me to the benefits and uses segment. In this part of the episode, I like to group the benefits and uses into three categories, internal, external, and neural. The neural system is not separate from the internal or the external, but it envelops both. The mind has so much to do with body wellness, and it's quite complex. So I like to give it a little extra attention. Therefore, it gets its own category. So let's begin with the external. It's an antimicrobial. One use of hibiscus in the tropics is as an antimicrobial to aid in the prevention of and recovery from infectious diseases. Studies have found, for example, that hibiscus is effective against a multitude of bacterial infections of the skin, as well as internal infections, such as salmonella and listeria. This alone makes hibiscus an herb to have on hand, especially while traveling and trying foods under questionable circumstances. It's also an antioxidant. The vibrant red color is our indication that it's antioxidant. It's full of vitamin A and C, which we know helps us uh, to keep our skin looking its best. And then internally, antioxidants help us fight cancer and microbials and cardiovascular diseases. Antioxidants also aid the digestive system and urinary tract. Because It fights inflammation and protects the cells from oxidative stress and free radical damage. But it's also astringent, so it stimulates the digestive system, and its cooling properties can soothe irritated tissues of the digestive tract. Now about oxidative stress. A study from 2016 published in the Journal of Dietary Supplements found that supplementation with hibiscus was beneficial to reduce oxidative stress in male athletes. I mentioned earlier cardiovascular health. Due to its high levels of antioxidants, it's also known to reduce cholesterol levels, specifically LDLs, the bad cholesterol, while maintaining the HDLs, the good cholesterols. It stabilizes the lining of your heart arteries and prevents arteriosclerosis as well as reduces fat accumulation, lowering weight and in turn reducing stress on the heart. It significantly lowers both systolic and diastolic blood pressure without depleting electrolytes. It improves liver function and may be helpful to treat fatty liver disease. Hibiscus has also been found to increase the absorption of nutrients, for example, vitamin B12, important for heart and nervous system health. And that leads me to neural benefits. Another study found that hibiscus in both rats and humans down-regulates the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight. This allows the body to regulate functions properly, including digestion, mental function, and adrenal health. The memory-improving activity of hibiscus may be attributed to its antioxidant, neuroprotective, procholinergic, and anti-acetylcholinesterase properties. We talked about acetylcholine in the SAGE episode and its ability to delay the onset and reduce the severity of Alzheimer's disease, and the same goes here. So, the, wow, that's a superstar herb. If you're looking to add it to your home apothecary, I carry hibiscus flowers for just $7 a bag. You can find them on my website at kinfolkherbs.com. So now let's move on to the DIY segment. I'm gonna share a simple recipe for Agua de Jamaica, or also known as hibiscus tea. The ingredients are simple. You'll just need two quarts of water, a half a cup of honey, and a cup of dried hibiscus flowers. You could add cinnamon sticks or a slice of ginger, maybe some lime or orange. These are all optional additions, but they're not necessary to make this recipe. So the first thing you're gonna do is put the water and the honey into a saucepan. Add your spices here if if you're going to, and then heat the water until the honey has dissolved. You don't need to boil it. In fact boiling it would be bad because you're going to lose your constituents if the water is too hot. You want it to be hot enough just to dissolve the honey. So you're going to remove it from the heat. You're going to stir in your dried hibiscus flowers and cover it for about 20 minutes. At the end of that period you can then strain it into a pitcher to discard the large particles. Pour it over ice and enjoy. And again, you can add a little lime juice or a squeeze of orange if you want, but it's really not necessary. It tastes great. I love the citrusy flavor of hibiscus tea. Sometimes I even use that tea to make kombucha, and that's an even better bubbly treat. If you want to make this, I have the ingredients. Again, they're at kinfolkherbs.com. I'd love to hear how you use hibiscus. Leave me a comment, and if you have questions, email me at info at If you want to have a hard copy of Herb of the Week, you can sign up for that as well as other goodies. Just subscribe with your email address, and I'll send you all sorts of great info. That concludes the final episode of Herb of the Week Season 1. I'll be back in the fall after my garden slows down. In the meantime, join me on Facebook for a discussion about herbs in my new group, The Herbal Verbal. We can share herb wisdoms, forage findings, herb garden tours, recipes, herbal histories, and herb cultures, and even more than that, all together. Thanks so much for listening, and stay well, folks.